Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC, Jay Posner. I'm Kevin AC. I'm in Toronto. Jay, I'm not even sure. Um, am I saying it right? I mean, since I'm in Canada, like, are all my pronunciations correct? Like, Bill Centra? Something Is that how like we that. call? Yeah. Are we making history today? Is this our first, our, our first across the border podcast? I don't think we did one in Mexico last year. No, we did not. I think, like the Raptors and former Aztec Kawhi Leonard, trying to make history by bringing the NBA Finals across the border, we have brought the Hot Lava Podcast across the border one night before Toronto might be completely out of its mind tomorrow night with Game 6 of the NBA series there as we tape this on Friday. And I'm sure that the Padres-Blue Jays game will uh, probably won't steal much of the thunder from the from the Raptors at this point. The Blue Jays are a bad team right now at 20 and 30. And they're calling up a couple kids today, including Kevin Biggio, who is uh, the son of Craig Biggio, of course. And I just saw this. Elias Sports Bureau says this is the first time ever that a team has two sons of Hall of Famers on the roster at the same time. Of course, Vlad Guerrero Jr. being the other one. So you uh, you will be part of some history there and the Padres almost missed getting to face Clayton Richard. He pitched yesterday, his first start oh. of the year. The Toronto Sun referred to it as basically part desperation in throwing Clayton Richard his first start since August. He actually pitched well. The game fell apart for them after he left. But the Blue Jays have not been very good. Uh, he was the eleventh starting pitcher that they've used. I was looking, they've lost eight of their last ten at home. They've only won one of eight home series this year. But the Padres are facing a couple of decent pitchers. Trent Thornton, who's a rookie, doesn't have great numbers, but he's actually pitched a little better than his numbers from what I could gather. He goes tonight against Joey Lucchese. Tomorrow afternoon, quite a contrast, Cal Quantrill making, what, his fourth major league start against Edwin Jackson, who's pitching for his 14th team, including the Padres. 2003, Jay. He made his debut in 2003. I know, I know. It's it's just it's it's really amazing. It's quite it's one of the great careers of all time. Not in terms of greatness, but just in terms of of being around for that long. And he's only 35. That's what <laughs> right. really is remarkable. That he started in 2003 in the majors. That's incredible. All right, let's get to the Sunday matchup, Jay. Tell the folks. Sunday, Chris Paddock, always fun, and Marcus Stroman who really impressed at the at the World Baseball Classic at Petco the last time it was here. I thought he was really fun to watch and and he's pitched he's pitched really this? well. I mean his his record's 2 and 6 yeah. but his ERA's under 3 and and Strom yeah, That's I mean Stroman's a really good a really good pitcher. That'll be a fun a fun game to watch on uh, on Sunday. I'm sure it'll occur to at least a few people that, I mean, that could be like the Padres uh, game one and uh, game two starter in the, uh, you know, in the division series this year. After they acquire Marcus Stroman? Yeah. So you're putting, yeah. you're slotting him ahead of Matt Strom in the, uh, in the playoff rotation then? For, for the purposes of this lame joke, <laughs> yes, I was. Okay. Okay. That works. Uh, <laughs> that works well. So I, I was thinking this will definitely not be the, it's only the Padres second trip. Uh, ever, I believe, to the uh, Rogers Center and and formerly Sky Dome, and I don't think they'll be going back. Even if the Padres had some miracle and made to the postseason in the World Series this year, uh, <laughs> the Blue Jays would need something, whatever's beyond a miracle, to to do that. But you will see a better team next week uh, when you go to Yankee Stadium. We'll, we will not do a podcast on 
Monday right at the start of that series. It's a holiday and it's an early game, but we'll uh, we'll get back on Tuesday and talk about the weekend and then uh, and look at the last two games of the Yankee series. But first of all, let's go back to what we about- what we saw this week from the Padres. Who the last time we talked, sky was falling, everything was in big trouble. And now they've just won three straight from the Diamondbacks. So what what did you see this week from the Padres at, at Petco? Back in Boy, back in America. It, they could actually win a game without hitting a home run. For the first time since March 31st, That's as amazing. in the fourth game of the season, they won a game without a home run. And they scored more than game, three runs without a home run, yeah. right? That was the first time all year, I think. Yep. First time all year. Now, they've only had nine games without a home run because they score more of their runs via the home run than any other team in baseball. That's as in the percentage. It's something like 56% that they get from home runs. Now, that that would be great if they could have people on base more often. So, <laughs> right, right. hey, <laughs> they, you know what? Guys uh, guys like Fran Mill Reyes are working on that. And it's, you know, for a couple games now, Fran Mill taking some walks, taking some borderline pitches. Um, sometimes that results in strikeouts. But he's trying to figure out how to be more selective, shrink the strike zone. One thing that, that Eric Hosmer and Manny Machado been stressing to these guys for the last, you know, and obviously Johnny Washington and Damian Easley, the hitting coaches, but, you know, the veterans, Ian Kinsler, hey, it's not so much about outside the zone. It's like these guys are coming after us. The Padres see more strikes than any other team because they're so aggressive. And so it's, it's like making sure you get your pitch to hit it will make lead to more walks, force guys in the strike zone. I mean, that's a big deal for them to be, you know, better than they are. That's huge. So it was one game. They actually did a decent job against Zach Granke, made him throw a lot of pitches uh, at certain times, and then finally got to him. And, you know, I guess that's what you do against Zach Granke. So that's what I saw, Jay. Uh, if you're looking for encouraging signs beyond the fact that they have, are on a three-game winning streak. Right. And and uh, I thought I was out there Monday night to watch Paddock. I thought he looked great. He had one one inning where, I mean, he gives up three hits and a run in an inning, and you're like, wow, that, that wasn't a very good inning. Uh, you, you almost forget that it's you know it's permitted for pitchers to give up runs you know Great every point. every every now and then. That speaks to how good he's been. It and does. How good he is. It yeah. does. Like he gives up, and then you look at the end of the night, and it's like, oh, he pitched six innings and only gave up that one run. So hey, that that was that was pretty good. And and Strom, uh, I thought Strom pitched really well on on Tuesday. Uh, what a couple solo homers, I think he allowed, but kept him in the game until they could. That inning just seemed to come out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, it was like, wait, did they just score three runs against Zach Greinke? And then because, and I'm sure you were going to get to Eric Lauer, right. uh, you know, getting through seven innings for the first time, but then because it was a tight game, I believe they are down at that point 2-0, um, and then after he is uh, lifted for a pinch hitter, they actually, a three-run homer puts them ahead, right? That's what happened on uh, against Greinke on Tuesday. Two-run two home. I think, they got, think the two-run homer it was. But, but, two-run yeah. homer after an RBI single by Manny Machado. Right. That is right. correct. So, but they scored the three runs, um, and that's what's happened a lot with the pitchers. Not only sometimes have they not been able to go further, but a guy like Strom, I forget the pitch count, it was low. He could have kept going, even a guy on a you know, workload limit, um, but they didn't have enough runs. Then Eric Lauer is allowed to go seven because, first of all, he was pitching and he was efficient, mm-hmm. getting guys out, and the Padres had a big lead. and you know That would do their pitching staff a little favor, too. Right, right, and uh, but that will be something they will not have to worry about for the next six games in terms of of pinch hitters for pitchers. I mean, this will be strictly now. How are you pitching? What's your pitch count? That sort of yep. situation, and uh, which brings us to one of the exciting things about the weekend, which is Josh Naylor coming up. 
you know, we've, we've kind of talked before about Naylor being the guy that if they, if Major League Baseball was ever going to enact a DH in both leagues, it would benefit the Padres quite a bit because that's what Josh Naylor doesn't really have a position, but he seems like he's a great prospect as a hitter, and the Padres don't have a ton of those. So it'll be, I, I hope we see Naylor uh, DHing at least all three games in his native Canada this weekend. The the Blue Jays are starting three right-handed pitchers against the Padres, so it, it seems like the logical move. I, I never try to say that we're, we can think like Andy Green and the organization does when the lineup gets made out, but uh, wouldn't you think we'd see Naylor in all three games? Well, not only is the logical, is it logical, as you've pointed out, and logical because he's being brought up and, you know, that that's just logical to play him, but also it was said to me that, you know, time to see what he can do. Um, now, I don't know exactly what it was that prompted them to do it, other than I believe this is another sign that they're, go- they're trying to figure out what their prospects can do, and be that to show themselves, to show other teams, because some of these guys aren't going to be here forever. Because, like, take, for instance, Boog Powell, a left-handed hitting outfielder, is killing it in AAA. Well, Josh Naylor is not only a prospect, but maybe his at-bats are better than Boog Powell's because everyone is killing it pretty much in uh, in uh, the AAA and especially in the Pacific Coast League. So, you know, they just felt it was time. So I think that, yes, Jay, they he's going to be the designated hitter. I'd be surprised right. he's not in the lineup tonight. It's kind of cool with him being able to debut – uh, you know, in in Canada and and Quantrill pitching there tomorrow adds a little bit to the uh, you know to the weekend. Um, yeah. And the Padres obviously need offense. I mean, they, they're they're actually tied with Toronto in runs scored uh, for the for the season d- down in the lower you know lower five or six teams in Major League Baseball. So uh, any any sort of offense at this point uh, is welcome, especially since we learned and. Uh, or I guess Andy said the other day that Fernando Tatis Jr. will not be on this road trip. Um, so we miss out this weekend on seeing Tatis Jr. and Guerrero, you know, the two top, probably the two best prospects in baseball. But Guerrero, I guess, is and Franmil Reyes are very good friends. So there's something for, uh, for the weekend. But it's always, I mean, it's disappointing. Uh, this will make a month now by the time we get to the uh, end of this trip. It'll be over a month, I think, since... Uh, since Tatis played, so uh, we can only hope that maybe by next weekend, <clears throat> when the Padres and you come back to San Diego, that uh, Tatis will join them here. I think that this has been it, this has definitely been longer than the team anticipated, which speaks to as much as anything to you know hamstrings being what they are, each body being different, uh, and and these types of uh, muscle injuries being different. Um, and and also just as the tricky nature of of diagnosing these things, uh, and they're definitely more than anything since we said from the start, going to be careful. But uh, it has definitely hurt them uh, for sure. So another thing where hey, you know, in the past, look, they didn't play great on uh, Wednesday. That's for sure uh, against the Diamondbacks, especially no, like I mean, on I, the bases. I think I I didn't even pay close attention to the game, and I saw four guys get thrown out on the uh, on the bases, <laughs> and it just felt like I mean they scored five runs in that game, and it felt like they should have had double that. Um, with all the yeah, and you know, and, and so that, and then if you when you lose a really good player, I mean, think about it. In the past, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a disaster for the Padres. Uh, you know, more often than not, and you know, yeah, they have a losing record without uh, without uh, Tatis. I think it might just be one yeah, game is. below five hundred now. Yeah, um, but but you know, they're not as exciting. They're not as much of a threat, uh, and they're they're having to figure out uh, how to how to you know 
have threats uh, other than just the home run. So I think that if you want to look for positives, uh, that guy is a heck of a player. It was super important to him, and, and here they are uh, on a three-game win streak. And, and again, what is it? It's the uh, middle of May, so I'm not exactly sure. Jay, what are we talking about? 26 and 24, Yeah, I mean, we're right? almost a third, um, yeah. you know, by the time after, actually when we talk again on, on Tuesday, they will have finished exactly one-third uh, of the season at that point. So it's uh, it's early, but it's not, you know, it's not that early uh, anymore. And, and they're still, you know, they're still hanging around and, and hanging around 500 with, without Tatis as well. I think it's 11 and 12 since, um, since he went out. And of course it helps that you can plug in, you know, a, a fantastic shortstop in his, in his stead. I mean, it, it's hurt them offensively <laughs> because, you know, Ty France and whoever else has been plugged in to his place has not been the same offensive threat, but I'm not sure there's been a whole lot of drop off there by putting Machado at short. Um, <laughs> not at short, and I don't mean to, I don't want to, you know, pile mm-hmm. on to Ty France at all. I mean, who right. is Manny Machado at third? But Ty France yeah. is a normal third baseman, yeah. and there have been some plays it's hurt, but, you know, offensive would be yeah, right, right. more so. so. Um, and then, uh, real quick on the Yankees, I'm not, I was trying to look while we were talking to see who. The Yankees might throw on Monday, but it's the, it would be CC Sabathia's turn based on how they pitch this week. And, but, of course, he's going on the injured list because just about every Yankee uh, is on the injured list. And despite that, all they do is win, is win games. I mean, they're 32-17. and 17. They've got a weekend in Kansas City, so you wouldn't expect uh, uh, anything less than two out of three there. So that's one of the – you know, there's three really good teams right now in the American League – uh, the Yankees, the Twins, and the Astros, and the Padres are going to see one of them on uh, on Monday um, for you know an interesting series. I think it's always interesting when teams go to Yankee Stadium, and especially the the young guys on the Padres um, that you know that haven't been there before. I mean, guys like Hosmer and Machado, of course, played there a lot, but several several of these guys uh, you know will not have uh, will not have been there before. So that's something else to. Uh, uh, to watch, it's always just a different atmosphere there. Yes, unfortunately, I got to tell you, it's not old Yankee Stadium. I know, and I know all things must change, right, except right. Fenway and Wrigley. Right, but right. you know, of course, yeah, even of course, even whatever. the other Yankee, even right. old Yankee Stadium wasn't old old Yankee Stadium. So there's always sure. uh, there's always that. But uh, anyway, Toronto is is first. Um, a, a interesting weekend. Always fun to see some new. Some new guys, the Blue Jays, of course, as I said, called up Biggio, also called up uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., whose brother uh, Yuri plays for the Astros. He's He's been up before, but uh, the Blue Jays are going uh, are going young this weekend, although they, they've got some veterans as well. Uh, two of their best offensive players are Justin Smoke and Eric Sogard, who, who seem to have been around for quite a while. I think they're, they're both uh, over 30, but... Uh, should be a, a good weekend, and it's uh, be an interesting weekend for you. I can't wait to hear about what Toronto's like, especially if the Raptors win uh, tomorrow night. I think those the, the arena is, is about a kilometer away from the uh, from the baseball park, so uh, be interesting to see how things are how things are down there uh, down there tomorrow. So have a uh, have a great weekend. We want to thank everyone for listening, and we will be back on Tuesday. Thank you very much.